Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. You know, we think when we speak about being called, we think about prophets, we think about kings, we probably even think about me, Pastor John. Yeah, he's called. But I, I want to tell you that the calling of God is not to a select few, that God has called each one of us. There is something for you to do. There's something that God wants to accomplish in your life. Well, you might say someone else can do it. You know, the Bible does say many are called, but few were chosen, but that gets back to human responsibility and human choice. But at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, God says, he's called you by name. He knows you. Even before the creation of the world, he knew you. He knew that you'd be here on this planet, alive in this decade, alive in this generation. And he calls you sons and daughters. He's called you the called of God and he's put his name upon you. I believe that point number one, that God has called us, number one calling, before you do anything else, he's called you into fellowship. And I just believe that God, for some of you, it may have been years ago, for some, it may be tonight, but he calls you into fellowship. He calls you to forgive you of your sins. He's called you into relationship. And he's called you into ongoing fellowship. Who do you have fellowship with? You have fellowship with people that are like-minded. People you have things in common with. And it's a sacrifice and it takes time. And I believe it's the same in God that he calls us into relationship. We've got to want it. It takes time and sacrifice and we build a life together. I believe that God wants to know you and I believe within our heart as you get to know God, you know the sweetness and the joy and the fulfillment and the satisfaction of His presence. There's another one that kind of blew me out of the water a little bit and that was He's called us to be saints. Yeah, there's not once that my wife has ever looked into my beautiful pink eyes and says, you are a saint. She's called me many things, but saint is not one of them. Can you believe there's no one on my staff that's ever called me Saint John? I believe it's applicable, but it's, it's kind of never, ever happened. Saints. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that he calls us saints. And we've been called into sainthood. I said, oh boy, let's wind up the pressure tonight. John, what are you doing? You know, it's okay that we've been called into fellowship. But now you're calling me to say, God has called me to be a saint. And then we think of all of the, the saints, you know, St. Christopher, St. Peter, and all those, and you kind of think, man, I, I'm not in that league. That to be called a saint basically is to be called 
that you are separate. He separated you. You know, tonight we're speaking about living cold. The name of our series is different. That's the name of the series, different. You know, you, you may have a relative, you may have someone at work, and you, and you say, they're a little bit different. But what we're saying is they're a bit weird. But when I'm talking about that we are called to be different, we are not called to be weird. We are called to be carriers of the good news of God. We are called to be carriers of the grace of God. We are called, man, to be the light, to be the salt in our world where they need some saltiness where they need some seasoning, where they need some flavoring, where they need some light to shine in the darkness. And God has called us into fellowship. He's called us to be saints. And number three, He's called us to have a sense of identity. He says He's called you by name. He knows all about you. Get this, He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows when you're born. He knows where you live. He knows what you think, even before you think it. He knows you, and you have an identity. And I was thinking, what's the best way to build our identity? This is, this is what I've learned over the years because I've tried to be like so many people. I've tried to fit in to so many places, try to be cool. And there's nothing wrong with being cool. But it says in... Luke 2.52, that Jesus grew in favor with God and man. If you want to find your identity, if you want to be a person that finds yourself, have a desire that you're going to please God, that you're going to be the person that God wants you to be, that we're not trying to be like someone else wants us to be on Instagram or Facebook. We're not trying to copy them. No, we're just living in our lane. Yeah, we may be impressed. They may mold us a little bit in fashion style, but I am my own person. I'm made in the image and likeness of God. I have my identity. There's no one like me. Thank God there's no one that quite looks like me. There's no one that has my same fingerprint. There's no one that has my same personality. There's no one that has the same expression in life, and that is you. There's only one you, and the way you find you is keep following after Jesus. The more you become like Jesus, the more you are freer to find who you are. I believe also that you are called to make God famous where you are. Sometimes we're thinking, oh boy, when I, when I get that other job, or when I get into that relationship. Now, I believe that God calls you to make God famous where you are, in your work, in your family, in your relationships, in your marriage, with your children, in your school, in your university, no matter where you are, man, understand that God has placed you there and you are to make God famous. You're the, probably the only Bible people read. You know, we are living epistles. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then you've got James. Then you've got Jane. Then you've got Frida. Then you got Kelly. Then you got Ali. Then we got you. Make God famous. You've been called to do that. The fifth one is God works everything out for good to those who are called. 
Come on. God works everything out for those that are called. Romans 8 and verse 28 reads like this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are, here we are, called. (laughs) Called according to His purpose. Man, you've got the call of God upon your life and it's for His purpose. Does that mean that I don't have a purpose? We'll talk about that in a moment. I believe that God puts dreams God puts desires in your heart and many, many times as we pursue them, you know, we begin to lock into a bigger way in the purposes of God for our life. But listen to this, everything works out for good. Can you put that in a comment? Can you shout amen? Everything works out for good to those who are called according to His purposes. We can hang on to God through the good, the bad, the ugly, and in the end, it will turn out for good. Matthew 22, 14, we mentioned that before. Many are called, few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. I heard that in Bible school and it kind of, it's always stayed in me. And someone said, John, think of it like this. Many are called, but few prove themselves as chosen ones. What have we got to do? We've got to believe that God's turning everything out for good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the disappointments, the failed expectations, the overlook, the, 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 the time you kind of got laid off work. You've got to hear me tonight that if God's got a plan and a purpose for your life and He has called you, the enemy will always try to put you off track. And try to get you to think that God's failed you, that God's let you down. And to be honest, I've go through situations like that. Where are you, God? Where is God in this? You know, and sometimes it's the enemy and sometimes you just got to say, God, I trust you. I trust you. Because I've been selected as the most appropriate to live the life in the lane that God has given to me. If you live cold, come on, put your shoulders back, put your chest out, lift your head high. You are called by God. If you believe that and if you are called by God and you are called by God, it gives you hope. You have been called with a high and holy calling. It doesn't mean you run around the world. No, what it means is that you occupy where you are and you fill those atmospheres with the praise and with the blessing and the fullness of God and call God into every situation. Number six, the good news is I've only got 25. The called understand stewardship. I've learned this over the years that called people never assume ownership of their house, of work. Even me as a pastor, I don't own you. You are God's. I'm a steward to look after what God has given to me. Even my wife, she is not my own. Yes, she's mine. Don't, don't try to run away with her. She's mine but I don't own her. My kids, you know, over the years, I would have gladly given them away, but they're not mine. They belong to God. He's given to me to to be a steward of them. 
And I find if I own something, I hang on to it. And if I've got to hang on to it, I've got to protect it. I believe that in life that God gave me this church to build it, to establish it. But it's not mine, it's God's. I'm only doing it for Him. I will protect it and I will do everything I can. But at the end of the day, it's God's. I don't have to kind of carry the ultimate burden. I am a steward. And you in your life, where it comes to your career, your finances, stop stressing and worry. You be a good steward and leave the rest to God. You see, when called people lose things, nothing of substance changes. Their private world remains the same, even stronger. And as I look in the Bible and I see these words of well done, good and faithful servants, we see that the well dones of God come from wise stewards. Matthew 25 and verse 23, it says this, after account has been given of monies that have been given to a servant to look after, and when the boss comes back, the guys had invested it properly, what did the, the boss say? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And I just believe the reward for faithful servants, the reward for people that have a stewardship mentality upon their life, God will make you ruler over more things. And he says, enter into the joy of the Lord. I believe that many people with accumulation are entering into this thing called not joy, but they're entering into stress. Stress, man, I don't believe it's an attribute of God. Joy is an attribute. Have I got all this in the bag? No, but I'm going forward to live as a cold person. Even in my work, I try to separate my role from my person. Who am I? I'm John. Where are you from, John? Oh, I'm just from a little town. What was your education? Not much. How did you get to where you are? Don't know. Had a desire, educated. God brought me in contact with the right people. But who are you? I'm just John. I just love people. I just get the opportunity to lead. I want to say this, that roles identify us, they don't define us. I am defined by I'm called of God. I am loved of God. Thank God for the opportunities I get. But it doesn't define who I am. I'm defined by the grace of God. I'm confined and, and refined by the character that God places within my life. John 3 and verse 20 says this, a man cannot receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Hey, cool people are stewards. Hey, look after what you got. Look after it. But it's not yours, it's God's. My last point is this, called people have a sense of commitment, not convenience. A sense of commitment, not sense of of convenience. 
Philippians 1.6, listen to this, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work within you, he will complete it till the day of Jesus Christ. I believe it takes confidence and it takes commitment to start something and to finish it. Philippians 2.4, let each of you look out not for your own interest, but also the interest of others. Man, it takes commitment to look beyond yourself to help others. Philippians 4 and verse 4 to 7, listen to this. Rejoice in the Lord. Come on. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How are we going tonight? How are you going online? If you're rejoicing, say amen. If you're rejoicing in this building, why don't you shout hallelujah? There's four. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Now get this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Where did Paul write those letters? Being confident. Rejoice in the Lord always. I've got on my side note that he wrote them from Hawaii. Now he wrote those letters in prison. In prison. How could it be the God who started good in work within you, he'll complete it? In prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. Where are you, Paul? I'm in prison. Don't just look out for your own self, look out for others. Where are you, Paul? I'm in prison. You see, he was imprisoned, but he wasn't imprisoned. He kind of didn't live by a sense of convenience, he lived by a conviction. Convictions, not conviction, commitment's an interesting word. You know, whether it's the, the gym, I'm, I'm a convenient gym person. I've joined the gym twice over the last two years and gone none. I haven't been committed. In my home, in my family, in my church, even if it's mowing the lawn, man, if I'm not committed, nothing will ever get done. Coming to church, if I'm not committed, it's... Things will come up and, and will be inconvenient. See, we don't live our life by convenience. We live it as cold people. We live it by conviction and commitment. See, as you look at being cold, and this may be a, a bit of a strong word, but I believe things are different now. Things are not like they used to be. Our God is the same, but things have changed. And this I know, that those who live with a committed heart, listen, will outlive, outgive, and outperform those who live by convenience. I think that's worth repeating. Those who live with a committed heart will outlive, outgive, outperform those who live by convenience. There's no greater joy than to live with a committed heart. You're called to do that. Don't take this as condemnation. Take this 
as encouragement. The call feels strong that they should do something. They, they should be committed. I want to encourage you today. Live cool. And as I wind this up, the called have a sense of inward purpose. You, you're sitting there. You, you know it's there. You're called. This is the what. The purpose is the why. You see, have a sense of the purpose. The experiences, the understandings, the actions we do. There is a purpose. And I believe within our life, as we live our purpose, it's not all about us. It's making the bridegroom. It's making Jesus Christ look famous. It's making Him look good as we live according to our purpose. Living cold adds purpose to your life. Just listen to these couple of things and see if they're helpful to you. If you're not living by purpose, number one, you're probably not waking up excited in the morning. If you're not living by purpose, you probably have your highs and your lows. If you're not living by purpose, your life isn't fulfilling anymore. If you're not living by purpose, you're probably surrounding yourself with negative people. If you're not living by purpose, you're ignoring your dreams and you're fearful. If you're not living by purpose, you feel like you're in a rat race. Get up every day, same thing, same thing. I've got an idea. Why don't you stop asking what your purpose is and ask, what do I value? What do I stand for? What really stirs my heart? And I believe that real happiness is discovering your purpose. It's there. It's out there. God has called you, put His hand upon your life, there are desires. Go on the journey to discover your purpose. I read this this week, and it says, focusing on money, if that is your purpose, shows a certain poverty of ambition. It asks too little of yourself because it's only when you hitch your wagon to something larger than yourself that you realize your full potential. That was quoted by Barack Obama. If you can live for something beyond yourself, for me, I've got things I need to accomplish, but my, I've hitched my wagon to Jesus. I want to make Him famous. Everything I do in my business, not that I've got a business, but in my transactions and, and dealing with people, I want to make Jesus look famous. I want to make His kingdom. It's undeniable because I'm living with a purpose and it's lifted me higher and it's taking me further than I could ever imagine. What do you stand for? 
Jonathan, David. In the Old Testament, Philistines were pushing against them. And they looked up at this hill, this hill of beans. They said, we've, we've got to take that. And they climbed up on that hill of beans, just two of them. And they fought a great victory against the Philistines that day. It seemed like insignificant, but, but beans were for nourishment. It was food. And they just said, oh man, we've, we've got to take this hill. And sometimes in our purposes, other people will say, what are you doing that for? But you know in your heart, hey, there's a purpose. Someone's going to get nourished. God's going to get the glory for this. David and Goliath. You know, the, David wanted to kill Goliath. Wasn't he? Could he do it? Maybe. He was practiced. But what was the big purpose? That he'd get the king's daughter? That he wouldn't pay tax? No, I believe the bigger purpose was is that the name of Jesus Christ would be glorified. His purpose at that moment was to kill Goliath. But I want to tell you, yeah, he did get riches. He did get the king's daughter. But I'll tell you what, he made God's name famous. I believe hits your purpose, not only for things that accomplish your satisfaction, but things that make God famous. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.